Hey, y'all. Welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Scott. Hey, how's it going? And we have Jonathan. Hey, hey, y'all. Today, we're talking about Disney restructuring things. We got some Yellowstone and King of the Hill. We also have a lot of stuff going on with James Gunn, Peter Saffron, creating a DC Council, EA, Hogwarts, Picard, and so much more. starting this episode off with a question out of the geek box we don't use enough but here's the question this is the top one out of the geek box oh it's easy enough to what makes someone a geek do you want to try to take this one first john i think so yeah we've talked about this before and a lot of people get mixed up in my opinion at least it's very like subjective or whatever <laughs> but uh a lot of people get mixed up between geeks and nerds mm-hmm. and the way i see it a geek is a passionate fan who you know, is interested in hobbies and shows and books and whatever, different different geekdom, uh, while a nerd is smart and an intellectual, likes to study science and things like that, which in a lot of cases, those overlap each other, and that's yeah. great when they do, but somebody can totally be a geek without being a nerd and vice versa. So I, I heard somebody I explain it. it really well, too, the, between, the difference between geek and nerd is that a geek is sociable, and will actually like hang out with others to talk about the fandom, while mm. nerds will generally just kind of like, I'm gonna go like not do that and like read a book. Yeah, so I isolate. think there might be a little bit of difference there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I what do you got there, Scott? Uh, what's up, nerds? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's my say. favorite greeting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, he hit it pretty good. You know, I mean, geeks are or fandoms, uh, maybe you know, sometimes multiple fandoms. Um, I would say that in the past, uh, one sort of trait that defined them was that these fandoms were often not a common hobby, you know, yeah. like your, your Trekkies back in the day. And it was like, ah, oh, you're, you're a geek, you're a nerd, <laughs> you watch all that Star Trek and you go to conventions dressed up like Captain Kirk. You know, that used to be a bad thing. You were, you were, you know, made fun of for it. Uh, whereas, I mean, these days it's like, it's cool to be a geek, you know? Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, Jonathan hit it pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, everybody's watching Marvel movies, which if you said mm-hmm. that 30 years ago, <laughs> it would blow everybody's mind. But yeah, Marvel's like the biggest movies ever. Well, you know, they, they indoctrinated us with those X-Men cartoons. Yeah. Oh yeah. As soon as they play that theme <laughs> music, I'm, I'm hit. I'm hooked. I don't care what it's in front of. Like, hey, Frank, you're going to get a colonoscopy. Like, the doctor. my way. <laughs> Don't tell my doctor that. <laughs> Alright, heading into the news, guys. We're going to start with some quickies here. King of the Hill is coming back, and it is coming back thanks to Hulu, so it'll be a Hulu exclusive. I actually think Hulu is kind of like my favorite uh, streaming service nowadays. I'm going to shotgun through a uh, few of these here. We have uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance is coming to the Switch, um, and then we have Yellowstone is looking probably going to be replacing Kevin Costner. Uh, it'll be Matthew McConaughey. It's going to be a whole new series, but Costner is out. And then we have, lastly, Amazon is making a Spider-Man Noir live-action series. We're not sure if Nick Cage is going to join for, join on for this like he is in the animated uh, version of it. Uh, anything here that looks real spicy to you guys? Those all sound good. King of the Hill was such a great show, so I'm excited to see that come back. And yeah. I like, like you're saying with Hulu, they... To me, they're not one of the main competitors, but they have these kind of like shot in the dark, like Hail Mary passes every once in a while, and they really like hit it on yeah. the head from time to time. But they, it doesn't seem like those one-offs are enough to get them the traction to be one of the main competitors in streaming yet. But I think it's a matter of time before you know one of their shows becomes a, a huge hit and then they get known as a, a main competitor. I think Netflix's uh, bad choices they've made lately is going to kind of bring them down and make a vacuum for competition to step up. So I'm hoping this is an opportunity for them to come up. Personally, a lot of the stuff that I think Netflix kind of made them real big was that they had a lot of filler info, a lot of filler uh, um, content. And now Hulu has it. So like I watch Family Guy or whatever, I just throw it on. Bob's Burgers. It's all on Hulu now. So for me, it's kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to go watch Hulu. I watch way more Hulu than I do uh, Netflix anymore. Um, and, and there are some hits, like you're saying, but they, they, for some reason, the entire streaming platform is way under the radar compared to like Netflix or HBO or something like that. And 
Yeah. I think they're okay well, with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. Netflix, you think Stranger Things, I'm sure there's a few other ones, but they have like those big hitters that really get all the subscriptions started, I think. And HBO, yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones and this whole the whole franchise of it. Plus they had plenty of other shows, but you know, those big heavy hitters kind of get everybody started. And then once you have it on your on your devices, then it's easy to just put it on and browse. Um, but I don't I can't think of any of the Hulu's like big mainstream Handmaid's shows that, is like the one that they, they'll flaunt handmaid's tale is yeah. like their, their biggest one uh they have a really good show just to shout this out because it's important for us specifically specifically um uh. hulu's got extraordinary extraordinary which just came out recently it's very good uh we're interviewing josh uh lease from that show um and from chernobyl so uh, that'll be later on this actual week oh, so really good timing i i just started watching chernobyl too oh, and good. it's so good so far yeah so you know the guy that uh, like i don't know how far did you get in so far the, the third episode, I think. Yeah. So very you know the guy early, that's yeah. like stuck in the room that's got, that gets locked into the main room and he's like freaking out and he's like in charge yeah. of the control panel. Yeah. Yeah. We have an interview with him coming out on Thursday. So oh, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, anything else here? What about Game Boy or Game Boy Advance? Anything like that? Uh, well, I'd like to chime in. Um, yeah. After nearly 10 years of having Netflix, uh, I have officially canceled ours. Uh, my girlfriend and I, you know, Ashley. Oh, um, man. We've, we've had it for 10 years or, or yeah. close to it. And, um, you know, even though Netflix did walk back a lot of the stuff, I mean, we all know it's still coming eventually, uh, but it, it kind of forced us to look at it and say, well, how much do we really watch on Netflix anymore? And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, what John was saying, you know, Hulu, we made the switch to Hulu and I was just looking around and they do have so much of that quote filler content but that was why we kept netflix it was yeah, so much filler content you know yeah um we just were like one day hey let's just start watching breaking bad you know um <laughs> and mm-hmm. 10 years later i mean breaking bad is still there but a lot of shows have disappeared they haven't really brought on more stuff you know where hulu has just so many shows and you know since i've had my second monitor um you know, I'm constantly watching things on the side, you know, while I'm playing a game or whatever. And I, I just find myself scrolling through Netflix, like searching for the crumbs of something to watch. And then they yeah, turn I'm around saying. and they start canceling like every show that I like. You know? I know. And it's like because it's not a Stranger Things or a Squid Game. They they don't they're not looking for these long lasting staples. They're looking for the biggest hits they can get. But I think what that's going to end up doing is they're just going to fall into that, that pattern or, or you know, everyone's kind of subscription cycle, you know, yeah. where you subscribe Which to Paramount. Before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've always had Netflix. We've had Hulu for a little bit before or other things, but we've always had Netflix because there was always something to watch. And finally we were like, there's just really not nothing we want to see. Um, yeah, and then I go to Hulu, and there's yeah, there's like shows galore. You know, like I can spend years not, on Hulu. I mean, there's probably less movies, but there are way more short, uh, shows, and that's what I really need to like just fill the day while I'm doing other things or whatever. Jonathan, another good one for you to watch, extraordinary, of course, but also a great. It's a really mm-hmm. fun show that me and Sarah both like. I think also Scottsman watched it as well. It is a is a solid show. It's about Catherine the Great, but it's just a comedy, and it's really well done. So that's, nice. that's something to check out. Yeah, when I went to log into Hulu, uh, which because Ashley had like one of the starter accounts once before, but we didn't want to deal with the ads. Um, I was actually I still had your credentials saved <laughs> from when yeah. you let me log in to watch the grape. Yeah. Nice. Hey, you know what? We don't share passwords, guys, but there's a reason why Netflix mm. isn't going to cancel for me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, moving on next. So we have, yeah, we have a uh, Game Boy uh, or yeah, Game Boy joining Switch. Yellowstone's losing Kevin Costner. Will that hurt yeah. the Yellowstone brand? I think so. I mean, he is the the main character of the whole yeah. story. Like everything why branches I cared off about his. It at first. I mean, if you killed him off at the end of the first season, like Ned Stark, then maybe you'd yeah. be all right. But uh, they continue to build the show around him, so this is a big pivot. They really have to do some good writing to to end his character in the story. Yeah. And and as I don't know if if uh, if you said this in a TikTok, if Probably. I heard it somewhere else, but I believe. Matthew McConaughey is expected to play his father in in, a, in his previous generation storyline. Uh, so what I, from what I understand, it's actually going to be following after the events of Yellowstone. I don't know about it being a prequel. It might be, but mm-hmm. I heard it was the it was going to be after because they want to like kind of try to keep Beth and stuff and Rip and stuff like that. So 
I heard it was going to be like, oh, okay. he Just dies, after maybe his brother comes in and his brother happens to be Matthew McConaughey, but it'll be mm-hmm. like Yellowstone, uh, the next next generation or something like that. But, you know, it'd be following the regular Yellowstone stuff because I think the key is that they're trying to make, they have the spinoffs and the spinoffs do quite well for them, both critic wise and numbers wise. They, they want that thing that's going to be the, the mast of the ship. And that was Yellowstone. And now they're trying to find their place for that. So I think it's going to be whatever's coming next, you know, Which, that but I think Wolf is good. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It'd be interesting if like dad dies and then they follow the kids as they go in different directions or something like that. And you know, one, one of them stays there. Maybe Beth and Rip stay and yeah. take care of the ranch, but then the other kids go a different, uh, you know, have totally different lives or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. see. It, it, Kevin Costner is a great actor. So to lose him, I think they're going to lose, they might lose a lot of the older audience that's watching it just because of him, you know? Uh, so we'll see. There's a lot of people watching it for him. He's one of those guys that he's at an age now and he's so famous that mm-hmm. he kind of just like doesn't care about the money. And that's what they ran into. Cause he's like, look, I got my own project going on. I'm pretty happy about that. So he wanted to focus on that. So he kept narrowing down the filming schedule that he was going to allow into this last season. He's like, I'm going to film for film for one week. So you guys figure it out. It's like, you can't, you can't ask us the entire show to do that. That's just not fair. Yeah. And, you know, that's what he wanted. So it came down to like, yeah, it's just not going to work out between the two. Yeah. You know, normally I would say, you know, I mean, it's Kevin Costner, right? Like you can't just replace Kevin Costner and move on. But yeah. I mean, they picked Matthew McConaughey. Like, I don't, I mean, there's <laughs> like, like, even a bad movie with Matthew McConaughey is like still fun to watch because it's Matthew McConaughey. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, as long as they do a good ending, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, like a good send off, like John was saying, um, you know, because fans can get pretty jaded about that, right? Like, Oh, yeah. the ending was terrible. I want nothing to do with this franchise anymore. So as long as they do a good ending for, for Kevin, uh, I mean, I think Matthew McConaughey has a really good shot of, you know, continuing on there. Yeah, he's so good in A Time to Kill. It's like such a good movie of his. Uh, with Samuel Jackson, where he's a lawyer. Ooh. Yeah. Check yeah. it out, guys. All right, let's get into some of these bigger stories here. Disney is restructuring everything. This is after Bob Iger came back. He's cleaning things up. Uh, <laughs> now, of course, we've seen this across the tech sector and a lot of other sectors. They're preparing for a massive recession, so everybody's kind of really gearing up for this. Disney, what they just did is they laid off 7,000 employees and they're, they said their goal is to try to save $5.5 billion a year in expenses. So as we're going through this, think of what they're going to need to do to do that. Because obviously 7,000 employees, isn't it? They weren't paying their employees that good. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. So here's a couple things. First off, they announced uh, that Avatar is going to be one of their new staple franchises. This puts it on par with like Star Wars and Marvel, meaning it is going to get a ride at Disneyland, yes. It'll also probably get spinoff series and stuff like that it's going to be taken away from james cameron is what that really means he doesn't i don't think he knows that yet but guess what buddy that's what's gonna happen uh and then uh disney's gonna split their company into three parts there's gonna be disney entertainment that's gonna deal with the media and streaming espn's gonna deal with sports stuff and then they're gonna have uh, this one department that's just parks experiences and products um they also announced toy story 5 frozen 3 zootopia 2 and um and basically, they're just going to be refocusing on what works already. So let's go back to this Avatar thing. Do you think they, Avatar is a big enough brand to become a new staple franchise for them? I I think they're gambling on it because they 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 already have three more movies slated to come out, right? So yeah. they definitely see the potential in it. And the audience was amazed with the at least the first movie. The second one, I don't think, had the same reaction, but... Uh, mm-hmm. But I think this is a big gamble on their end to, you know, push for it so much. And, and like you're saying, add new um, uh, theme park attractions and stuff like that for it. Uh, I, I personally don't think I think it's a good movie and I'm excited yeah. to see the other ones. But honestly, it'd be better to me as like an HBO series versus these big blockbuster movies that you got to wait two or three years you know, or more to see. So, I don't and know. And to do that, you got to just, you, you can't have James Cameron touch it because he puts way too much effort into his projects. Yeah. Good on you, buddy. And he's like, you know, he badmouths both Star Wars and, and Marvel all the time for trying to make too much content. But if mm-hmm. Disney's going to invest in you and try to make it one of their staple projects, guess what? <laughs> That's exactly the machine <laughs> that it just got fed to. So, it's going to yeah. be making, you know, Disney products now. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've... it made $2.17 billion, So, it did 
pretty well, you know. I think, um, yeah. you know, when you look at it as a numbers game, right? Uh, yeah, okay. The, the first one was a pretty fantastic movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I mean, the story was really simple. Like it wasn't doing anything revolutionary there. It was, it was more a, like a tech demo almost of what mm-hmm. movies could be. And it was ridiculously expensive, but it didn't make a ridiculous amount of money. So, okay, cool. Um, but I do remember back then everyone was like, Oh, have you seen avatar yet? Oh, have you seen avatar yet? And it was yeah. like, Oh, I went to go see avatar. Dude, I went to see avatar three times. In the IMAX theater. I yeah. haven't seen that same energy with number two. People may have been like, oh, yeah, the first one was really good. Let me go see the second one. But I don't think they're leaving with the same feeling they had before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only Squeaks is saying that. <laughs> He's the one that's like <laughs> on the corner with a big cardboard sign, like, go watch Avatar 2. He's crazy about yeah, it. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think what they're looking for is there's some they're looking for something to kind of fill uh maybe a revenue stream i don't know you know Mar- marvel has struggled lately and we all know yeah, that um so you know maybe they're trying to hedge their bets like well you know if we invest in avatar we can kind of have two things going and you know if marvel doesn't do as great as we hoped it would we still have something on 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 the side but i i don't know it it's such a niche project and i think if James Cameron isn't touching it and making it as stupendous and big and fantastic as it was, well, then what's the point really? Yeah. Because that was the, that was what really pulled people in about it. You know what I think could be done with this. And I've been thinking for a while now, how well this could have been done with star Wars in the beginning. If it had, if it had been embraced as much as it is now and uh, had the funding that Disney has, but if this avatar series of movies does really take off and they, you know, they'll, they'll broaden their, their, you know, reach and have all kinds of avatar merch and maybe spin off little animated series and stuff like that, but they'll get avatar all over Disney. Uh, but what they could do with this is open an entirely separate theme park. Imagine how cool an avatar theme park where you walk through and it looks like you're in a, in the jungles of Navi mm-hmm. and, or, or Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's animatronics or, you know, VR headsets where while you're in there, uh, <laughs> augmented reality, you're seeing their animals and the people and stuff like that. Like they could totally go all out. And in the movies, you know, later on, they end up in space and stuff too. So you can be combining some of the cool stuff they're doing with, you know, Star Wars attractions in Disneyland and yeah. really expand this infinitely with a whole new attraction. But it's got to have that major you know reaction from the fans that proves that you'll be able to sell tickets if you put you know 10 billion dollars into building a park or whatever it costs because they are building a ride for it which you could tell already it's gonna be like them flying on one of those like whatever pterodactyls um Mm -hmm. so i wonder if they would expand that into a world because yeah the floating rocks thing i think would look very cool too and you know disney could figure that out they see you had like the floating rocks and then um yeah i could see that like it would be a really cool world thing i like the augmented reality thing because I know there's a lot of like foreign theme parks that are leaning in on that now. Yeah. You could do like half, you know, half of it practical effects. You're walking around and there is a real waterfall next to you and things like that. But yeah, the creatures and the floating rocks and a lot of it can be augmented reality. And they, you know, with the technology they have now, I'm sure they can blend it very, you know, uh, realistically. That'd Mm -hmm. be really cool. All right. Moving on to uh, this next part here with Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, Zootopia 2. Is there any excitement left in you for these projects? I I like all. I mean, Frozen not so much, but Toy Story five totally, and uh, Zootopia too, especially. I think I'll probably watch that one first that of the three if the they came out to together. It's got me interested. Is it, uh, to me, I think Toy Story five is. I think four ended the the story well enough to where I'm like, I really don't want you guys messing this up anymore. It really three it, ended it well too. I'm one. Well, I'm hoping. Yeah, they've kind of dragged out the story of Woody and Buzz for too yeah. long. So I'm hoping this follows entirely new characters. <laughs> it doesn't. Tim Allen already tweeted. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Never you mind. You're in a picture of Buzz. He says, "Hey, I'll see you later, Woody, and see you. I'll see you in five. So I was like, "Okay, same crew." Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of getting stale. But yeah, Zootopia too would would be good. Uh, the first one was great. I watch it over and over again with my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Zootopia 
because it's such a big world they just barely gave you a sliver of that'd be fun yeah. to see and then now that we have like them as both as cops uh they can like kind of do a bunch of little stories as they're trying to bust a case like they did in the first one it'll be fun yeah and then frozen i don't even know what story there is to tell anymore with that like that's that's been beaten to death and they're just really going off like the music in that one uh say like there's a new ice age and now she has to like use her ice <laughs> magic to calm the storms or something I there don't you know. go I think they own Ice Age now, actually, the, the franchise, so they could do like a crossover. We're also they are walking around. And then the Borg warp in. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they're going to do to try to save this kind of money? Like, personally, I think they're obviously just going to be doubling down on things that work. So I think now we're probably going to get like a Mandalorian movie. I think they're just going to go with the names, the franchises, whether or not we need them. They just know they're going to sell well. So I think like, We've had this really fun period lately with Star Wars where they're like, all right, let's scale back in the movies, invest in the shows, which are far better quality. And I think that era is officially done because they're like, look, let's just make a Star Wars movie because it's going to get people in the seats. So I think we're going back to that here pretty soon. Yeah, I um, I, I did recently read uh, one of the quarterly reports, I think the most recent one. Um, and the parks. Yeah did pretty well um you know in fact that's pretty much where all of their revenue their profit is coming from at this point um so yeah i i would look to see a lot of focus on the parks because that's their bread and butter right now um we're probably going to see some shakeups with disney plus uh you know the i think the disney plus paid releases may change I don't know how profitable that has been for them, but Disney plus itself is apparently not doing yeah. as great as they hoped. And of course the movie business is what it is these days. Uh, but I think, you know, going to the movies and stuff has bounced back for the moment, but streaming isn't going away either. So I, I think they've got some landmines to kind of navigate, but yeah, I think they're going to, like you say, well, it would, I would say they were going to stick to staples like Star Wars, um, Marvel, because even bad Marvel is still Marvel yeah. and people will watch it. But, you know, then again, they're investing a whole lot in Avatar, which I feel is a really big gamble. So, you know, we may see something crazy come out. But yeah, I mean, Toy Story 5 feels pretty safe. Uh, Frozen 3, you know, kids yeah. love Frozen. They'll watch it. You know, I mean, Disney... Tra more traditional Disney movies yeah, will do well. Lion King period. Live action something or other, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, like with I think we're gonna do Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars movie, and then like the Marvel front too. I I was happy that we like took death seriously for once in Marvel. I now more than ever think Iron Man's around the corner again. Like, there's no way that they're not gonna be like, look, we need to make up, you know, we need to make up for eight billion dollars. Can we just bring in Tony Stark again and just get this money back immediately? You know, I think that's gonna happen. So, what mm -hmm. do you think, John? Yeah, I I could totally see them doing that, like a surprise revival of Iron Man, really just to make the money. Yeah. But I think I, I, I kind of agree with what Scott's saying is like the parks, I could see them totally increasing the prices of admission to parks by like 15 More. or 20 percent. Yeah, they're already outrageous, but the parks are, are packed. I mean, if you if you're at 100 percent capacity, increase the prices until you're at 95 percent capacity and then keep it there, because why not? You're the people want wanted enough to pay that's supply and demand unfortunately i don't want to pay that much i'm not going soon but <laughs> you're going <laughs> yeah. yeah you might not want to pay enough uh, to pay that much but your wife definitely does <laughs> exactly right she's just like just swipe until it stops going through <laughs> what's the shame by um, real quick kyle's going the week uh before you he's like there right oh, now really? so it's like oh man it's too bad you guys couldn't match up but yeah yeah so. and then uh uh disney plus i could very easily see them breaking it up into i mean because we expect a recession to come. Everybody's expecting one, preparing for it, like we see with the layoffs. Mm -hmm. I could see them break instead of just jacking up the price of Disney Plus, uh, breaking it into a tiered system where yeah. the the base, you know, subscription would be like five ninety nine or six ninety nine, and it just has enough to entertain your kids, just regular, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know, regular cartoons, series, and old <laughs> movies, and stuff like that. They just put Bluey on there, they'll sell it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just that's all you need is Bluey, really, <laughs> for me at least. But then, you know, two other tiers were the top tier, the platinum or whatever, the, the, the Genie Plus version. You will get all the new movies like a week after they're in theaters, you know? Yeah. They already, they're 
kind of playing with that idea where you pay extra to see it as soon as into the theaters or whatever. So I think having a Disney Plus branch that does that well, like, would be worth they it. Own and, Hulu, Church, and Hulu has ad supported and not ad supported as a two tiers. So maybe we yeah. can get like Mandalorian with ads, which feels gross, but maybe that's what they would do, you know? Hey, I kind of miss commercials sometimes. It's weird as this. <laughs> I don't like the tailored commercials, but I miss seeing like the random like trailers of movies that are coming up or TV shows that I've never heard of and things like that. Uh, but I don't want, you know, another deodorant commercial or something. Not to distract you then. I got an idea for this. So I, I kind of tried it once. What do you think of if we have a separate TikTok channel channel that is just all trailers for video games and, t- and movies? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. That's where I see most trailers is through the Geek Freaks TikTok channel anyways. Well, those right now <laughs> I put them on the main feed like when they're like the only like the first Ant-Man trailer or something like that. But there's like yeah. a lot of Ant-Man trailers that show more information. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to bog down the regular Geek Freaks headlines channel. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe we'll do something like that. We've tried it before. TikTok is not a fan of it. YouTube is really not a fan of it. YouTube's really where we're, where we're getting a lot bigger. TikTok's kind of slowing down a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that might be something to think about. Okay. Just thinking about it. <laughs> There's always yeah. something going on. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. Uh, we've learned more about, you know, James Gunn and Peter Saffron reassembling the DC. And I know it feels like we're talking about it every time, but I also see those listens and you guys are clicking for the DC stuff. So don't be mad at me. It's what you're into. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about this council he built up. We just found out about this from an interview. And basically he's assembled this, you know, super friends uh, to kind mm-hmm. of like bounce ideas. And what they're doing is they're building this 10 year story so that everything that comes out is in this 10 year story. And, and that's basically what they're doing, right? They're kind of what Marvel does, but instead of just Kevin Feige, which we all just thought is like, Oh, it's Peter Gunn and, and or, uh, James Gunn and Peter Saffron. But now there's actually this council that they're using to kind of like, Hey, we need to know what this means. Let's go over who's in it. First, we have Jamie, uh, Jeremy Slater. Uh, he's known for creating the umbrella Academy. And he also recently did uh, moon Knight for Marvel. We have Tom King, one of the most prolific DC writers. Uh, he's written for Batman, Mr. Miracle, The Vision. Um, he's really well known for creating like these deep characters that struggle with emotions and uh, what does it mean to be who you are, stuff like that. You know, he is notoriously like <laughs> comic book bros, if you know what I'm talking about, are mad at Tom King because he made Batman admit that he's scared sometimes on comic books. In, in a comic book one time. And it's like, calm down, guys. Who's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that kind of guy? Uh, Crystal Henry, who's a television uh, writer and producer. She did the Watchmen series for who, for HBO. And she's already working on Waller for the new DC. Uh, we have two more. Christina Hodson, who worked on Bumblebee, the movie from 2018. Birds of Prey, the last DC movie. And uh, is also the one that wrote the script for The Flash, the movie coming up. Then we have Drew uh, Godard, the last one here who did Cloverfield in 2008, The Martian with Matt Damon, and uh, Bad, uh, Bad Times at the... Uh, oh, God, what is this called? <laughs> Sorry. Bad Times <laughs> at the El Real. So he kind of does these old-school shoot-em-up uh, Hollywood movies. He takes chances, but he kind of just makes those like solid, like almost like Steven Spielberg kind of uh, Hollywood movies, you know? Based on this team, what can we kind of see of going forward for the DC universe? What, what are they trying to aim at? These guys seem very, it seems like a diverse crowd, which is smart to have people with different skill sets together. And obviously a lot of, you know, superhero experience or, you know, comic book experience in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it seems, seems like a good team to not be, uh, get tunnel vision or be, you know, one-sided. Yeah. Is there anything you're picking up here, Scott? Um, you know, I think the challenge for DC is and has been from the beginning of the DCEU. Um, how do we do what Disney does without copying Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because then people are like, you're just copying Disney's Marvel <laughs> and it's terrible anyway, even though I've seen every movie, but I'm yeah. not going to say that, you know? Um, <laughs> because they're, there's all these Marvel haters, but you know they've seen every Iron Man, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, they, they tried different things during the Justice League, you know, kind of era. And it, it was supposed to be, it's just going to be people making movies about DC. And there, mm-hmm. there wasn't much of a plan. And that sounded great on the surface. But as we see, it just kind of came together not very well. You know, I personally believe they've just, they were just some off casting choices. 
and and the story really suffered because it, it just didn't feel very very coherent. Yeah. So I think um their choice to kind of go with this team that is going to build 10 years um is is very smart. You know, we can have something that's organized and makes sense that flows. Um, but you know, they're also doing their their what is it, other sides or whatever um projects so that movies that have done well like the Batman can can flourish and grow and and people don't feel like they're stuck in this box of this 10 year plan. But what I see here, I think the comic book writer is is very important. Um because even though and I'm upset about it, they're starting out with Superman and Batman movies. Well, you gotta again, set up the, the, the main guys. I mean, yeah, they're definitely doing I that. mean it just but that's I, not I've had so did. much yeah. I've had so much Superman and Batman in my life. Okay. Um and and it just feels such like oh here we go again because how did how did the dceu start a superman movie and then a batman superman movie you know it, it was just and to be honest batman versus superman sucks and oh i don't care why i fit with that okay it yeah. was a bad movie not ever froze get <laughs> out of here yeah yeah, yeah. and and you know so it, it's like just more superman more batman yeah um and as much as I like Batman and I've grown to like Superman over the years, I'd, I'd like to see something different. And I hope that with these kind of fringe, I don't want to say fringe like they're unpopular, but they're not, you know, Watchmen is not, it ain't Superman, you know, an Umbrella well, Project is the not show, Batman. Dude, the show actually was like, let's try to build on what Alan Moore did, not try to just retell it like they mm-hmm. did with, I think it was Zack Snyder that the actually Watchmen made movie. the Watchmen movie. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, they actually tried to make something new, which I think was very good. It was kind of like a social awareness thing as well. So it kind of had two bends to it, but I think it was very good. But yeah, that is something new. Like with Tom King, who makes these characters, I think personally out of what we're seeing here is they're going to go character first. So, okay. So yeah, if you look at Tom King, his books, again, those comic book pros might not like it, but really Mr. Miracle, he makes these complex characters that will shatter themselves and rebuild themselves. And you're watching the character. They happen to be slugging somebody at the same time. So cool. And then you look at somebody like, you know, Watchmen does that as well to a degree. But if we look at Jeremy Slater, who was somebody who was really big on this roster, and one of the first people they talked to, actually Tom King as well. If you guys watch Umbrella Academy, if you watch how that's made, they develop these characters. They give them unique personalities. And then they're just like, hey, the end of the world is coming in seven days. Let's, let's sit back and watch what these characters do with each other. That's how that show works. And it takes somebody who knows how to write character really well. And I think that's what they're focusing on going in DC going forward, because I've seen Batman a hundred times, but now that we're getting him with Damon Wayne and the Bat family, I want to see you write a good Batman as a dad story. And that takes this team right here. It doesn't take somebody who's like, yeah, but let's see what Batman does with all his gadgets. Who cares? We already seen that. (laughs) Let's show something new. And I think we might have the right team for that. Yeah. I I think DC really suffers from, just bad storytelling mm-hmm. you know i mean that's what it really boils down to we can watch uh superman and zod fight all the time and and uh, whatever superman zod. and batman <laughs> fight plenty you know but but it doesn't matter if the story sucks yeah mm-hmm. and i feel like that was just a pervasive problem throughout the entire franchise and with some of these people maybe well we will get better stories and with tom king we can see some you know, more unique comic book characters that we haven't actually seen 10 times before. Yeah. Some of the ones that we have already planned, like the lanterns, we haven't seen enough of. So the green lanterns are getting basically their own true detective detective story. Freaking cool. And we're getting, you know, the authority, a whole new team that basically is going to be like Watchmen, but mixed with guardians of the galaxy. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, Jonathan earlier, you were saying something about like how Marvel started this way, but, but if we remember the MCU started with Iron Man, which is it necessarily like it's not their Spider-Man? It's not their Captain America. Yeah, he was kind of deep cuts. Like he's a is one of the you know Avengers. Yeah, yeah, he had his own comics. He wasn't you know their flagship by he's no means. He's kind of like Marsh, Marsh, uh, Martian the Manhunter. Marsh Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of that level. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like if you really want to try to do what they did, find somebody who's you know kind of on the radar but not mainstream enough to be well known. And with good writing, we have to, you know, flush them out and make them a new star and just wrap everything around, you know, have, have the rest of DC follow them. But yeah, to continue, you know, trying to push the Superman and Batman stuff, it's just, it's been done too much. 
one thing I think would be an awesome perspective to shift to instead of following these heroes, write the story of Lex Luthor and make yeah. it as if he is the hero trying to save this city and build this corporation that's feeding the people, you know, it really like growing society. Or something, yeah. Yeah. You build him up and then and then you, yeah, you see like his building is being destroyed when Superman's saving one person that's committing suicide in the process anyways. You know, it's like <laughs> What what the hell's going on here? Why are you destroying my whole building to save somebody? You know, it's yeah. like it, it it would be really cool to see that perspective of Superman villainized. And then, you know, over time, you switch roles. You start to show the corruption between the two of them fighting that actually Superman's misunderstood and Lex Luthor, you know, it, you could slowly yeah. turn around. It'd be a really cool story. You would kind of do the Homelander story from the boys with Lex Luthor. Where like yeah. Homelander from the last two seasons where he's kind of like becoming this political figure now. Mm. You could easily do that with Lex Luthor and it would be yeah. so good. You just got to cast the right guy. But I, that is a really good option there, John. You're, yes, you're please do not cast Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor <laughs> oh. ever again. Please. Not again. Brian love. Princeton was on the short list too and they ended up going with oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Talk about so Princeton would have been epic. Even if he was playing the same version, he would have done better. <laughs> Jonathan, check this out. So me and Thomas uh, were talking about this, and you know, because you know, you and I were talking about it. Carlos Esposito, Carlos Esposito, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Carlos Esposito. There it is. Um, there he's possibly going to be our new Professor X, right? That's kind of the idea, yeah. idea going yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. What if Brian Cranston was our Magneto? Oh, we have that'd a be interesting. Bad uh, Breaking Bad. He would be a different Magneto yeah. than we're used to. But I think it'd be pretty cool. I want to see it. I want to see down. it. Guys, let us know on Twitter uh, what you guys think of this new Super Council. I'm going to be putting up posts this weekend that will kind of like show who these people are and a little bit of the breakdown of what they've done. So you guys can kind of get an idea. Uh, this is the guys shaping DC for the next 10 years. So it's good to kind of keep an eye out for that. Moving on to Hogwarts Legacy. Scott, you're pretty deep into this game. I've barely touched it. Can you kind of break down just your first initial reaction so far of the game? Initial reaction, it's a fun game. Yeah. There's there's a lot that I like about it. And then there's a lot that I don't like about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm personally about 30, 32 hours or so into it. Uh I actually <laughs> <That's pretty> good. <laughs> I actually have not touched the main story as much as I maybe would have hoped. Are you trying to 100% the game or are you just trying to like, you're just dawdling around right now? Well, you know, it's just how I play games, right? Okay. They they throw you into, you know, the Hogwarts castle and they're like, yeah, you have these, uh, these pages you have to find. And I was like, you know, they'll like teach you things and give you experience. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look for those. Yeah. And so I went around Hogwarts Castle for God knows how long, just looking for these pages. And it kind of leads me to my first complaint, mm -hmm. which is whoever came up with this Revealio <laughs> bell dinging pages system needs to never work on a video game again. <laughs> okay. Just, I, you know, I spend so much time just running around anywhere casting Revealio then it really feels like it takes me out of the game. What What about like the rest of the game? Because <laughs> I feel like right now you spent 32 hours running around <laughs> revelioing. <laughs> what, what do you think about like combat stuff like that? So, uh, all right, I'll go with my pros first, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I will preface this with, I think it does a lot of things really well. Okay. Um, I'm still, I'm having fun with it. I'm giving it overall currently a seven out of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, Due to what it does well, I feel it does very well. But so my pros are, you know, it's very, it's big, you know, yeah. I like open world games, which part of my frustration is I like to go through each section, right? Like you play Far Cry yeah, or, or Assassin's Creed and you go up into the tower and you reveal a section. I'm like, I'm going to do all the side stuff in this section and then go on in the next section, right? That's not how you play Hogwarts Legacy. You'll drive yourself insane. <laughs> I know. But it is. The map's huge. The castle's huge. Everything has this very big grand feeling, you know, grand yeah. staircases, vaulted ceilings, you know, even, you know, you go to these ramshackle destroyed castles in the in the countryside and, 
you know, you get down into their basements and it's, it's, you know, giant pillars and, and everything feels really good to just kind of travel around. Um, And I, I think it looks great. Obviously a lot of people are having a lot of graphics issues. It's a lot of game. Yeah. For a lot of PCs out there. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I'm one of them. Uh, hopefully some optimization patches come, but you know, that's, that's launch day blues and it is what it is. Um, I also feel that as you play through the game, I think Hogwarts legacy does a great job of, as you progress, you feel like more of a badass. That's cool. You know? Yeah. Um, and by the end of it, hopefully I will feel like the most badass dark wizard Slytherin that ever walked the earth. I I knew you were going to go an evil bastard. I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) You weren't going to go like, Hey guys, Watch me be like the Mr. Rogers of the Slytherin house. Let me see how this goes. No, you're going to go with a full jerk mode. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I want to feel awesome by the end of this game. I want to feel like I'm ready to go out and conquer the world. And and I, I think it, it does that pretty well. You know, your Dark Souls, Elden Ring kind of crowd. I mean, this is a walk in the park for them. Yeah. Um. So for your more competitive. It feels like it's so funny. It's a WB game. It feels like the same exact combat, but just different. Like, look. As the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War. It's what I am, it, so far. Yeah, like if if you could translate it from, you know, a more melee driven game to yeah. a spell game, you know, a magic game. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you counter things. Very simple uh, counter know, certain, system. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's fun. It's accessible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty fast paced. And I feel like it's for the average gamer, you know, like like me, I'm a noob. Um, I think it's challenging enough to have a good time without getting frustrated about it yeah and then the the story too i like how immediately kind of feels like with harry potter the first one which by the way you know i bought the book during one of the cutscenes. i was like i gotta freaking get into this squeaks has always told me to read these damn books finally i'm gonna listen to the kid finally and so i went and bought one of the books during the cutscene. that tells you and i've only played like maybe an hour of this game but um like in the beginning of harry potter like you're already blown away before you even see hogwarts when you go through that Dalagon Alley. And for this one, it was the bank. The bank was so freaking cool. And I was just like, oh, dude, this world is so neat. And so um, I do like that. Like right away, I'm actually totally invested in the story. It, like makes sense to me. I have some inside knowledge over all the other students. I'm older than the other students, which is, you know, already weird. I do like how the story is kind of setting you up for like, oh, this is like a complex story. And I'm already just, I'm just an hour in. I'm like at the intro. It's so cool. I love that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just it's just a fun, you know, it's it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. And I think really anybody can play it, you know, for the most part. If you're trying to be good, because right now you're going full on like, hey, I'm the next Voldemort or I'm actually pre Voldemort. <laughs> but do you think it would be as rewarding to play this game without trying to be an evil wizard? I mean, you know, like I'm not. There are ways you just where you, threw like, somebody's axe at them, so don't tell me you're not trying to be an evil. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they were they were trying to kill me first. I mean, right? He was trying so, to show you this cool new axe you just got. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I saw it. <laughs> um, you saw it up close. You know, I don't yeah. know what to say. I mean, you know, there there are options in the quest where like you can help somebody. And you get to them, they're like, oh, thanks a lot for this. And you can be like, yeah, no problem. And you'd be like, I think I deserve a reward. Or you can, you know, not give them the oh, item. Okay. Yeah. Like, there are ways to be a dick, but there's no, like, morality system. It's just you can learn dark arts like the Crucio, Imperio, and uh, Avada Kedavra. You know, you can learn the unforgivable curses and use them, and I will. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but, like, if a player's trying to be, like, a good Hufflepuff or something like that, or good whomever, uh, is there? Do you feel like you'd be hampering your gameplay by trying to not use those those curses or those spells? Not really. Um, I actually haven't gotten to the point where I have these curses. Thirty two hours. Um, <laughs> get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like I said, I've spent a lot of time on just side shit. Yeah. Um, like they finally gave me talent points, which I was supposed to start getting around level five. What level did and you get? I, I I was twenty four. <laughs> so. You're out there just like look at these trees. Wow, that's pretty yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go play the uh, game, damn it. So, yeah, so which I would recommend play a significant portion of the storyline before you even care about side stuff. I'll try to do that just so I can see what it feels like, how different it is from you, and then see if it changes our experience. Because um I definitely I, that completionist mode, I have that feeling a lot of times in open world games, especially like your Far Cry, you're calling that out. Um, but I'm gonna try to go single like down the main gun first and then see how it feels. 
Yeah, I think a lot of the side stuff is it's it's unnecessary fluff, really. Yeah. That's not fun. Well, guys, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you if you agree with Scott and, wh- and how many hours you've got into it. And if you're flying with a damn broom yet, because apparently Scott's at 32 and can't find where no, the damn broom's at. No, I have a broom. It, he, yeah, but he doesn't know, like, you put one leg over it. He's still figuring that out, guys. He knows oh, spells. Man. He doesn't know that part. So <laughs> let us know what you guys think. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. I'm going to try to stream it this week. Again, computer's fixed, so I should be able to stream it this week. That should... uh, you said 7 out of 10, right? Yeah, I'm going to leave it 7 out of 10 for okay. now. All right, let's next move to Picard. We have a brand new season of Picard coming out. Jonathan, you're caught up on Picard, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm all caught up. Super stoked. Can't wait for it to come out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been trying to read online, trying to find uh, like plot leaks or a, yeah. you know, what happens in the story. I spent a good while reading something that I'm pretty sure is completely inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> but I am easily tricked by fake news on so the internet You were so convinced that days. Iron Man 4, oh boy. Uh, right? I mean, it looked pretty yeah. legit. And then I've seen those uh, Avatar Last Airbender yeah. trailers. It's like, that looks, I could, I would go watch that in theaters. I mean, if these fans would just release their stuff in theaters, I'll I go watch do, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as I know from the trailer, I didn't sit there and do a scene by scene analysis and stuff. So I don't know what the plot has in it. But we see all the original crew comes back together in the Enterprise from Next Generation. So that'll be great. The synopsis, if you want to know, yes. it's kind of, funny might be good i don't know uh of what i was just reading on reddit was that a uh it's all about Worf and how those uh klingons i don't remember if it was in one of the movies or the beginning of a of of uh a series the those klingons that were like mutated they were a little bit different they looked different genetically altered um that effect was uh dishonoring to all Klingons from then on out, like that they, they they tried to genetically modify, and then it ruined their bloodlines and whatnot. So um, it's all it starts supposedly from this story. It starts with Worf uh, on Deep Space Nine with uh, Bashir and O'Brien, and they're talking about their you know things they've been in and stuff like that, and how they've done time travel at different different mm-hmm. times. And they get to the topic of that, and Worf's like, "I need to do something to clear my people's name." Uh, to to remove the stain of honor on my people or whatever, and so he and he's like, now we have the ability to time travel. Why do I not use it? We've seen in Picard that doesn't uh, ruin anything yeah. or whatever. So, uh, so he puts together a plan, I guess, of how they're going to go back in time and and prevent the Klingons from doing these experiments that ruin their their DNA and. Uh, but somehow in the process, there's a, a battle that ensues and pro- probably, you know, between him and other Klingons or whatever, the two other guys that are with him are oh, murdered. Uh, so he flees and finds his other mm-hmm. crew, you know, gets Picard and, and calls for all the crew to come together. And then together they time travel back and try to prevent this there's no genetic alteration that's that, going to happen. They just did an entire season <laughs> yeah. of time travel. <laughs> yeah i know so i was reading this I was like this just doesn't seem right and then yeah, i start reading other comments below and it's just like oh yeah so somebody was just shooting that other yeah. ass i think but it, it, the detail they had in it was like oh man this is pretty believable yeah. and then it once you get further down it's like yeah no this is this is too i remember much. reading an ep- uh, a leaked um, quote-unquote episode seven script for star wars and it was all about like how Luke and Leia's son were going to come back and Luke's son was going to be the new Darth Vader and he's going to have Darth Vader clones. And it was like, <laughs> this sounds dope. It was like, oh, that's right. It's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. What I do love though is you see them on a set in the trailer. A, it doesn't look like, it's It's not, they're definitely not the, uh, Rios, I think was the name of the ship from No, I think before. it's, I think it's uh, the Stargazer. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I was going to say, it might just be a next generation, another newer generation of enterprise ship but either way whatever it is it looks more modern and super clean like they put a lot of money yeah. into it so excited to see that and they're all in you know new updated uniforms and stuff so, so. from from picard season two uh what we know that they have to finish we have to they have to button these things up and one of the things like I, i'm normally an optimistic guy so when these guys are complaining about mm-hmm. you know oh in discovery season one the the klingons don't look right i'm like well, calm down guys but at the end of season two of picard 
the Borg joined Federation. They joined the Federation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like right away, yeah. like throwing my dog at the TV because I'm so pissed off. I'm like, there's no chance <laughs> in hell Janeway would burn Earth to the ground before she let that happen. Like, there's just no way. And but so that's where it yeah. ended up. That basically the Borg are now it, it, not nice guys, but a lot nicer guys. They're joined the Federation yeah. temporarily at least. And they're led by the doctor, which that alone I don't like either. <laughs> and they're teaming up to take out whatever, like, threw a transwarp portal at them. Like somebody threw a big ass black hole at them, essentially, that was gonna destroy all the Alpha Quadrant, and then like the Borg and mm-hmm. Alpha and uh Federation teamed up to stop it. And so the idea is like, this yeah. is going to be the future of that. I was so unhappy. And it was, I think they kind of, uh, the way she stated it at the end was like, we'll be, we'll be the guard on watch. Like the Borg will be the protectors of, the of uh, uh, or yeah, of the galaxy. Like they're, <laughs> they're now active security for everybody. Like that was a major change real quick. So yeah, that, that might need a little more, ironing out of some of the creases yeah. if this better be like oh because the time travel shit that picard did this is a separate universe because when i saw that i was so upset now i want like okay because they came back with like hey by the way the, the borger joined the federation i want janeway to start a brand new maquis <laughs> out mm-hmm. there rampaging around well you know yeah you know it wouldn't be that easy that no. peaceful now that the Borg are you know turned off kill mode <laughs> now all the people who were affected by the Borg for so long are like Oh, good! A happy little puppy that I can go drown <laughs> yeah. because you killed so many of my family, and destroyed my whole yeah. planet. Now they're they're gonna attack the the Borg when they're peaceful. Well, yeah, and when they came back, and like one of the ensigns was like, "Where's Captain Rios?" So everybody that means that everybody knows everything from both timelines because Rios is one in yeah. one, in one and one not in the other. So then you're like, so just at a flip of a switch, also like guys who can trust the Borg now. No way! It's just that upset me so much. Yeah. So okay, that being said. And, and I can stop ranting a little bit. Um, this new season, we have to have a reason to get the, the gang back together. And what we know from the trailers is mm-hmm. to save Crusher, Dr. Crusher. Um, so we, so there's going to be something to do with that, right? But I, they got to button up this Borg storyline. It's just too big to leave hanging out there. And we know that Stargazer is going to be yeah. back. And we know that because our friend John Kirk, you're the one that, that talked with him. Um, he just interviewed mm-hmm. the new captain for the Stargazer. So it's not even going to be it's not even going to be seven or nine, which got a field promotion in the last episode. So it could be a whole new captain. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm excited to see it. It comes out on the 16th, which probably just a couple days from when it this is. episode's aired. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be good. I'm, I'm going to, you know, make a whole day of watching. What sure. is it that you want? This is the final episode of, by the way, of Picard. Uh, go ahead and ask your question, but then also what is it you want this to do to like button up the Picard storyline completely? So I was just going to ask you if we're, if we're going to record a special episode after either after the first episode, maybe after the season to kind of recap it or something like that. We'll do one after the uh, season. We might do something with Challenge Accepted as well, but we'll definitely do one for after the season for Geek Freaks. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I can't think of a good... I mean, I, I've seen a lot of, of uh, Next Generation, but I haven't seen all of them for sure. Um, so I'm not the best person to ask. Kevin would probably know this a lot better than me, but... I don't know of what good story arc we could really have, honestly, to, you know, because you're saying goodbye to all these characters yeah. is what it is. There, You know, you're, you're getting that closure. Um, and would they kill them? Would they have like this, you know, I kind of want them to, not to be mean, they, but like that would be right. a proper ending. Yeah. <laughs> they have to save humanity and to do it. The Enterprise. I mean, because so many t- <laughs> dozens of times the Enterprise and all of its crew are on the brink of death to save even, you know, a lost cause or some planet they don't know or a single, you know, ship in the horizon or whatever, they'll risk their life and it always comes through, yeah. you know, successful. So maybe this is like a big push, a final hurrah, and, you know, they succeed in saving millions, billions, trillions, whatever, but they do have to sacrifice themselves in the process. Uh, yeah, I can see something like that, but I don't know. It's, it, it hopefully, I mean, it's, I'm hoping they get their best writers on this or have had. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a big deal to say bye to all of these, you know, amazing characters. And if you really mess this up, it's going to be a, a big punch to Paramount. I believe we have a lot of good series, a lot of shows we do. Uh, based on Star Trek right now, but these are the characters that all those shows were built after, mm-hmm. you know, next generation 
the original series was good. Next Generation really launched Star Trek for the next several generations for the yeah. next yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the next multiple iterations of it mm-hmm. uh and then you know kind of got revitalized a little bit um with discovery and now branched off into so many other successful projects but but yeah everybody knows star trek for this crew so if yeah you, if you mess them up you're gonna have a lot of unhappy fans that might boycott your streaming service or something like that we have discovery right after this too so keep that in mind like we have more Star Trek on the horizon. I'm so excited for. Um, mm-hmm. It's they do need to do a proper send off. They could mess up the legacy a little bit, but I do think that there's the shows feel so different that I, I keep them separate. Because honestly, if you look at season two, which I didn't care for season two, I like season one a lot more. I didn't mm-hmm. care for season two, but if you look at that, you're going to be like, that was really just one episode of Star Trek. You guys just did. They went back in time, <laughs> did some shenanigans. Uh, somebody tried to stop it from taking the ship off. They took the ship off, was able to fix the timeline. Everybody's going home. Like, that's an episode you guys stretched out to 10 episodes and, you know, made sure that it had Picard's name on it. So, like, they, they fluff it up so much with, like, caring about, you know, Picard's mom and... Which was good, sure, but, like, man, I got I got shit to do today, so... <laughs> let's get you want to see a, a more fast-paced story that progresses more throughout the season which is why strange new world is like the best right now because yeah. it's like you're in you're out you're thinking about the episode all all day you know like it's the, that good of a sci-fi story um yeah. when picard i'm just like man this is a bit of a slog fest and that's not great i'm hoping <laughs> they fix that with the sex and i think they did because like this cast is super good and uh hopefully yeah. we get a little bit of wesley coming back too because he's like part of the travelers now and that mm-hmm. could be its own thing which i think could be but, like kind of a full side story yeah we did the whole time travel thing in the last one too. So hopefully it's not like you're saying, you know, if yeah, hopefully it's not the same thing. A rinse and repeat. Yeah. They just set up such a, the fact that they're bringing back the cast and they're talking about saving Beverly Crusher. It's Mm -hmm. odd because it's like, you guys set up something huge. Like again, Borg are part of the Federation right now. You have to fix that somehow. You can't just go off to go save Beverly Crusher and leave this big gap over here. Like that's enough to start a series so I'm hoping that we we somehow find a way to button that up properly. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Uh, but yeah, so we'll talk about it here on Geek Freaks when the when the show is done, when the season's done, and it'll be actually the end of the show as well. Um, but Jonathan, let's talk a little bit about Trek Freaks. Why would they be able to listen to it on Trek Freaks? You want to kind of discuss uh, that? Yeah, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, so it's very disappointing, uh, obviously, happens, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, our lives are just a little hectic, so we won't be continuing Trick Freaks as we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, if you've been listening to us, you know some about our lives, but, uh, I've had a son in the last couple of years and, you know, just podcasting in general with a, a young child in the house is hard, but now Kevin, uh, fortunately is uh, yeah. going to be facing the same struggles soon. Uh, him and his wife are expecting. I don't know if it's okay to announce that to the it, world. That's no, probably that's the trade off. You're gonna cancel my <laughs> okay. trip. No, I know. I don't, I don't know. I'll get you okay from him before I, I put that episode out. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's already had a busy life buying a house, you know, getting a puppy, and you know, business. It, stuff, it's yeah. just it's hard to find time. <laughs> the fact that we got so many episodes out was a miracle because it's so hard to find time to get us both on at the same time. Well, you were watching like episodes of Star Trek three times over just to get the notes for it done. You were putting in so much work for each episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then with people listening, you're like, you've watched it three times, you seem like you didn't know anything about the episode. <laughs> I know. That's my my retention is really bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll obviously be talking about Star Trek here on the regular Geek Freaks channel. Um, and if, you know, special events happen, like you're saying, like the Definitely. end of Picard, we'll review the season. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the, the single episode reviews are going to be uh, possible anymore. We, yeah. I, I was hoping that you know, somebody else would want to get involved and kind of lead it or something like that. But maybe someday something like that can happen, mm-hmm. you know, if another series comes out or, or whatever, but it just, it takes so much effort and time to be able to, uh, to run a show like that. So the, the hardest part, especially with, you know, when you guys get kids is scheduling. People don't know that about podcasting, but scheduling a podcast, we're doing this one right now. It's almost 10 o'clock at night. Like, and for Scott, it's far later. It is by far the hardest part of podcasting. So the fact that you guys got that many episodes out is admirable and Trek freaks in that iteration is done, but that doesn't mean we can't do like a Trek freaks part of geek freaks. We'll figure out something of course. Um, and then like I was telling Jonathan earlier too, challenge accepted, which is one of our newest shows, but is, is right away, you know, thriving quite well. 
it has a home for the stuff like this. We we do one-offs all the time over there, so you know that could be definitely a place to. Trek Freaks isn't. We won't stop talking about Star Trek just because Trek Freaks is gone, and that's how it is. Yeah. You know, it's just like uh, round three. You know, unfortunately, round three, I I had a lot of hope for that project, but do the host decide one decided to become an actor? Like, good on you, Daniel. I'm proud <laughs> of you, bro. But like, I, you hopefully you're big, and I'm interviewing you someday. <laughs> and then Sean went to go move to another state, so. Tyler is now reformatting, redoing the show to a whole new thing. So yeah, that means round three is done, but what's coming is so much better. And that's exactly what, you know, something that could happen with Trek Freaks as well. What's coming could be so much more. So, um, I love Trek Freaks, man. It, it breaks my heart to see it go, you know, it's, but it is definitely still part of Geek Freaks. That, that feed will always be up by the way. And, uh, you guys can listen to Trek Freaks all you want and listen along with that first episode. That was good. Uh, the first season of, uh, or the first two seasons, I guess. Star Trek. Very good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so much going on, guys. Network news real quick before we close out, and then we'll do some recommendations, too. Uh, we do have two episodes of From the Pages. They got delayed because my computer died on me, but they're coming out this week. Those are on BitKate and Patreon. We're going to make them free because I delayed them. I'm sorry about that. So they're free for everybody. They're going to be about Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man, not the new one, and about Kang. You're going to learn about Kang the Conqueror and Ant-Man from those. We have a new format over there that's 10-minute long video, or 10-minute long Reviews, but they're way, 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 way better quality. I'm so proud of those. New Level Up coming out. That's right, Level Up, our most popular series, is back. And it's got a brand new host running the show over there, Kyle. And the first guest Kyle had to talk about a little game called Cyberpunk was Scott, our man right here. How did that go? <laughs> um, You know, obviously, I'd never been on the show. Uh, Kyle said he'd been on it before. I don't know how many times. Uh, a few, yeah, quite a bit. Actually. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, so you know, um, I don't know. Hopefully, it went well. I I hope we did justice to the original, ever so popular uh, level up. You know, did you have fun? Is my main thing. That's why I, you know, yeah. I mean, I I think we had a good time. You know, we we definitely had different takes on things, but I I think we we definitely agreed about a lot of stuff too. Um. And, and honestly, you know, everyone should go listen to it because I think if you were on the fence, you know, about cyberpunk, we, we clear up a lot of questions for people. Most importantly, the best part about level up too is, is like, like when me and John did crackdown, which is our best episode ever, um, our biggest episode ever. Like I hear so many comments about that episode of being like, man, I forgot all about crackdown and stuff like that. <laughs> I just love that. So if you're like, man, I played cyberpunk when it first came out and I'm kind of like, oh man, that was such a good part about the video game. Because we add the music to it from the game and stuff like that. So that's really cool. I like how I kind of put you on the spot, too. It's not like you're going to say, like, it sucked. I never want to record that again. Yeah, no, no, you're obviously not going to say that. Shitty, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't know the format, you know. So uh, Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle led the way, and I hope he did a good job because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then as for interviews, we just put the, the uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the latest one for Magic Powder, which is a very, very conversational interview. It's one of my most conversational ones. Uh, and then this Thursday, we're releasing the one with John Lees from HBO's Chernobyl and Hulu's Extraordinary. Please check that out. And that's everything for our network. On our way out, do you guys have any recommendations for the folks at home? If you haven't been watching The Last of Us, check that out on HBO Max. Really good. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're reviewing those, obviously, on the Challenge Accepted show. And uh, this week on Challenge Accepted, by the way, doing Ant-Man, the original movie, and then immediately after we watch the other one. So Saturday morning, it'll come out. The new Ant-Man movie. We're getting a challenge accepted on that as well. You know what's cool is I just watched the first Ant-Man movie. I had seen like the beginning yeah. of it. I never finished it before. And I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. So I'm going to watch the second one. I want to yeah. definitely watch it before the I've new movie. Only, I've only seen it once. That blew Thomas away. Yeah. I guess he watches like all the Marvel movies like multiple times. And I'm like, I did Iron Man, but mm -hmm. these newer ones I haven't really watched like on repeat. And so I'm excited to see it again because I, I, I want to see have, give it a little more. Have you seen the chance. second one? I did, yeah, with Ghost, yeah. Okay. He's a bad guy. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I liked that one because that was one of the first Marvel villains that was like, oh, this isn't fully a bad person. And mm -hmm. they, now they lean in on that, but yeah. Nice. Good. Uh, and yeah, so check that out, guys. Everything should be good. Oh, what's your recommendation? Do you got anything, Scott? Uh, you know, if you're looking for a game to play, uh, I'd say hit up Hogwarts Legacy. I, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I'm going to throw out there Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we just reviewed Game of Thrones over at Challenge Accepted. We did the, because uh, we picked one episode, we challenged each other to, and I challenged, uh, I challenged Thomas to Battle the Bastards episode from Game of Thrones. And that was like pouring molten steel in my veins, because now I'm just like, I got to watch all of Game of Thrones again. <laughs> it was so good. 
And so um, I, I'm just high on the supply right now and I want to watch Game of Thrones. And I've also got a Minecraft wallpaper that's also just getting me like, I really should be playing Minecraft again. Hey, I, <laughs> So I'm stuck in like I've, 2019 right I've now, boys. I've been itching <laughs> to play Minecraft too. I got in and, uh, the other day, I just logged into the, my personal save and I walked around and was like, I don't know what to do. I kind of want to restart. So I, yeah. I haven't done it yet. But There's something about starting fresh always feels super good yeah. about Minecraft. It's, you know? it, well, it's the so. struggle. It's the, you know, struggling yeah. to survive that makes it fun. So we might be playing Minecraft together, guys. Keep that in mind. Yep. <laughs> okay, we don't have enough to do. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think this time I'll just live with one of you guys and, and you guys can give me work orders. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> I already got a little bitch to go tell me to get iron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Alright, thank you very much for hanging out with us guys We'll see you guys next week Bye, Bye. Bye. See you later nerds